This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Good morning, video games. Welcome once again to Filthy Casuals, a podcast about video games hosted by three very kind and extremely knowledgeable boys. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasolo, and with me, as always... Hour 13 has flashed up on the screen. We've been locked in here for that long. Why is hour 13? Who is this with 12 Angry Men? Yeah, what three that? angry men. Three angry <laughs> Fuck you, I'm not angry. <laughs> three kind boys. Deliberating over the innocence or guilt of the past decade of video games. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Guilty of being Adam Knox. These jurors, you. yeah, you're Ben Vanell. You're yeah, a juror. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm juror number three. I'm, uh, I'm Adam Knox. I'm the one who really thinks he did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're just joining us, this is uh, the second part of mm. our wrap-up of the games of the deck games and events of... Of the decade. Yes. If you, for whatever reason, happened to miss part one <laughs> last week, <laughs> I strongly suggest you go back and listen to it. Head yeah. on back. Yeah. Uh, this one, though, it, it, yeah. Nothing but callbacks in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Breath of the Wild? <laughs> That's a callback to episodes <laughs> 110 through 135 <laughs> <Yes>. of our podcast. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we just get straight into it. Ben mm. killed a fly in his apartment. Yep. And watching that thing slowly die on the floor has really re-energised <laughs> the three of us. I feel fired up after watching I, that. I sucked the life force out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really made me just aware of how quickly it can all be taken away from you, you know? Is that what flies are doing with shit? Sucking the life force out of the shit? Yes. Like they're little shit vampires. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Ship Vampires, the ones from Twilight, man. Oh. Got the 2010. No, that was the 2000s, I guess. Uh, Count Duckula. Nice. Shit vampire. (laughs) Funny duck, though. Great duck. (laughs) Yeah. Awful vampire. (laughs) You know what? Angel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, purposefully. He didn't want to be a bad guy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did uh, a bunch of games for the first part. Yep. The second part, a bunch more games. Ooh. Games of the decade, either symbolic of a movement, but actually all of them ones that we just kind of thought were the best. We didn't include any that were bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I disagree strongly with that. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> Why yeah. do you say that, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> couple more trends mm-hmm. uh, in this one. We'll fucking get started. Who wants to kick off with this first one that we've written down on this list here? Eh? Well, I think Tommy's the biggest fan of it. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Elder Scrolls Part ugh, five. 5. Skyrim.
It's uh, look, it's not my favorite game. Right. I don't think it's even that good. <laughs> but I think it is one of the games of the decade. I sure. Completely disagree. Yeah. I don't think it's one of the games of the decade, but I love it. No, it's I I'm a huge fan of this kind of game. The first person aspect I can give or take, mm-hmm. and you literally can be third person if you want to. But uh, open massively open world persistent RPG with a million quests and a million people to meet and a million mountains to climb over weirdly. I love that kind of game and Skyrim even to this point is probably like the the ultimate like the uber example of it it's definitely i think the go to right. for people because like they they've made four elder scrolls games before this which were yeah. similar things uh morrowind uh being like a big breakout one at the time mm-hmm. a, a big kind of whoa this is crazy how <laughs> how far you can go holy shit man yeah. if you it that's how games were reviewed at the time that's how <laughs> i reviewed it i honestly that's how i felt i was like holy shit you can just like leave a city and just walk and walk and walk and walk and you walk down a river and there's a little mud crab and he'll try and attack you you give him a little hit with a stick yeah you go yeah and then he's dead yeah the first four don't know why they missed no. i was pointing right at him mm uh, and then Oblivion, uh, you know, same sort of thing, but a lot uh, flashier, mm. very good looking at the time. Yes. And then for whatever reason, Skyrim comes out and just fucking blows up. It becomes yep. this huge game. Another one of those ones where a bizarre number of people got into it. Yeah. Who you wouldn't, who wouldn't have been really that interested in Morrowind, or weren't really that interested in mm. Morrowind or Oblivion. Mm. But Skyrim just nails whatever. Magic source is needed for this type of game to really kick off in a in a general public kind of way. Yeah. And I think, yeah, has become like a default for that type of game. It's become a default game. Sure. Sort of like how we l- talked last episode about like Mario just being like, it's, it's one of the games. Yeah. Skyrim now is just one of the games. It kind of is. And it's weird because I think I fall in the camp of people who are like, yeah, but Morrowind was better. I don't get why Skyrim is the one. Yeah, it's it, right. But it broke out and I think it just had enough um, of a tactile thing to it and, and managed to do the combat better mm-hmm. and... It had an interesting world, yeah, and um, a, a well-made, uh, a good sense of exploration, and a, and a well-implemented uh, uh, way of doing that. I don't know how to explain <laughs> that. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? It felt good to explore that world, yeah, yeah. And it was it was a big turning point for people being into that type of thing. Yeah, sure. I think that it does the illusion of it being a real world where people are going about their lives whether or not you're there pretty well yes it's certainly become more transparent you know as it's gotten older and you go into those towns you're like this is the biggest city here and there's 11 people who live here yeah that's yeah. fucking weird but up until that point or up until a point for a lot of people mm. even that scope hadn't been achieved or seen by them yeah People just got sucked into this one, mm. and I, I, I did at the time as well. I liked it, mm. um, but that, yeah, I don't know what it is that made this one click with people, and now still be such a heavily played game. Yes, people are still buying it for current systems. There's new versions of it being released, mm. it which is fucking insane. <laughs> yes, there's multiple versions that you can buy of it on like the PS4. You can buy the special right. edition thing. You can buy the VR edition. Yeah, and then. But it's uh, it 
it's years and years old and it's really outdated in some ways as an open world game. What year did it come out? 2011. So there's an argument to be made that Skyrim is the game of the decade. It's, sure. it's come out almost every year <laughs> since yeah, then. Right. Yeah. And it is like that template that it, is yet another one of mm-hmm. when it came out, but for whatever reason has become the poster child for, Yeah, uh, has become a hugely popular type of game. Uh, the open world genre, mm-hmm. if it is a genre, but that type of thing so enormously took over this decade. Yes. Like Far Cry 3, I think, is one that's not on this list, but maybe could be. Sure, It's yeah. like the shooter example of that. There's so many Assassin's Creed's, mm-hmm. all of your watchdogs and stuff. They owe a lot to Grand Theft Auto, obviously. Sure. But I don't know why. Fallout, obviously, is yeah. the, the other one. It's incredibly similar. Which was Oblivion with guns. Yep. And then people called Skyrim Fallout with swords. <laughs> yeah. But then Skyrim became just this default open, open world thing. And like, yeah, The Witcher and Breath of the Wild and all that sort of stuff yep. are in a weird shadow that it's cast. Yeah. Uh, cast. Spell. Oh. There you go. Eat it up. Hugely influential. I'll put it in a bowl for you. <laughs> Get a spoon. I'll steal a bowl off a shelf of a, a blacksmith. <laughs> yeah, and then all the other bowls will jiggle around a little <laughs> for some fucking reason. Hugely influential, massive impact. I wish I had have played it at the time because yeah. to come to it fresh now, I think it's. I don't think it stacks up as a as a new experience. I agree. In, when I played it in twenty eight, no. 18, 2018, 17, I think? the Switch yeah. version, I guess. Yeah. It? So 17, maybe. Even. I really wanted to play it because, yeah, it got it got released on that and, you know, people had always talked about it. it. It came out at a time where I wasn't really playing games originally. So I was like, great, cool. It's out on this console that I have. Um, awesome. I'll, I'll give it a go. Mm. And just couldn't, it felt very bad to play. Mm. It's, sure. It controls poorly. And it, and, you know, it's often when you, you know, if you come to the stuff that it has inspired, and then you go back, it does feel like kind of, yeah, it feels like a step back. Yeah. And it's weird. I wish I could offhand think of like a movie equivalent or whatever of this thing that was taking other works guidance and was definitely a, a sequel to a thing that had been established. Mm. But since then has become a weirdly it viewed as like this originator of those ideas. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's crazy. Can you actually not think of an example? Of a movie? Yeah. Go. Star Wars. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) I thought you were actually leading to that. No, 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 no. Even the 1977 one. My brain is as dead as that fly right now. (laughs) Because the 77 Star Wars was an amalgamation of the films of Akira Kurosawa, all of those uh, samurai films and westerns, and the sort of sci-fi boom that was sort of happening in the late 60s. Like a Flash Gordon type of shit. Totally. Yeah. So it's, it's Star Wars and then it's also Star Wars now and every Star Wars that's released. 100%. Star Wars is Skyrim. 100%. Yeah. Not actually that good, <laughs> right. but there's some sort of charm that they put into it. That makes it the most popular version of what it is in the world. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That is a good comparison. I, it's, I mean, Star Wars is pretty obscure, so it's not weird that I couldn't think of that example. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, it is. It, yeah, hundred percent. That comparison completely works. And it's annoyingly Star Wars is another example. If you're going to do a retrospective of the decade in pop culture, where you just have to talk about it, right? It's just annoyingly a dominating presence in culture. And I, I get, I kind of enjoyed it, and mm. I get why people love it. Mm. But right now, I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's Skyrim is Star Wars, and and the decade is not. A conversation about the decade is not complete without it, mm. but um, that's probably all we need to say about it. I agree. Sure. <laughs> Skyrim, 
hey, yeah, go on. <laughs> Put that on the back of the box, you cowards. Because <laughs> I know you'll be putting out another box. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There'll be another one on the PS5. Do you reckon there's a PS5 version of Skyrim that comes out? Oh, Ooh. fuck. I mean, surely they got to release their next game. I mean, fucking Resident Evil 4 has been on every... Yeah, that, but fucking Elder Scrolls 6 won't be out for so long. Yeah. Because they've got to do Star whatever in between. That yeah. would be a funny Wars. announcement in an E3. Like, guess what, guys? Big announcement. There's no new Skyrims coming out on this next generation <laughs> yeah. of consoles. That is our guarantee to you, yeah. the consumer. Instead, Fallout 76's second paid tier. <laughs> Yeah, Skyrim is, for whatever reason, hugely influential, especially in pop culture, but not necessarily actually an influential game, if that makes sense. Right. I'll sign off on that. I still love it, and I still play it now and and like it. The one thing that I think is maybe its enduring legacy is just yelling at people. Mm. Going like, mm. and then things falling away. That's funny. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, it was, it, it turned into like a meme. Yeah. And, and all the mods it, and stuff that people make for it. And then they, sure. Like, yeah, there's yeah. one of like a, to- a giant Thomas the Tank Engine flying <laughs> through the air. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And attacking a village. Yeah. That's good stuff. I, that's probably a huge part of the reason Skyrim had such staying power for its early years, at least, was the modding yes. capability. Yeah. yeah. Which is one of the elements that is not, there in the current versions, really. Maybe mm. it is in the PS4 or the Xbox One version, actually. There was something about that, maybe. Yeah. But I don't really know. I don't keep up with Skyrim. Open world games in general, though, biggest thing of the decade, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, linear games, straightforward linear games. Didn't they take a, a hit? They took a bit of a backseat. Yeah, yeah. You know, not that many linear games being made where you just go... Day after day after day. Mm-hmm. It was more the day-to-day life of an explorer, but not a linear day-to-day life. Not a literal day-to-day life where you're seeing the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where yeah. you have to just live every single day. <laughs> I mean, that would be tedious, surely. <laughs> yeah. How oh. fucking long would that take as well to live every single day I for mean, a it, whole year? It'd be te- tedious unless there was a really interesting and ambitious, strange story and world Put around that experience. Yeah, but you'd need to have such incredible visual design and audio to go along with it that, I, like, there's no way that someone is going to be able to make a game that is a linear experience throughout a whole year with that kind of level of story that carries you through a hundred plus hours of gameplay with a visual aesthetic and an audio soundtrack and even the little sound effects and the voice acting to keep that going. Let is the. <laughs> Persona 5. Yeah. yeah That's baby. what we were talking about. Persona 5. Tricked you all. Now rewind and listen to what we said again. <laughs> and that's what we think of Persona 5. Moving on. Persona 5, a game that we've, as uh, we did with Breath of the Wild, a game we have talked about at length on yeah. the podcast before. Persona 5, the Royal or whatever, coming out again soon, so maybe we'll talk about it again. Yeah. yeah. 100 hours of podcasting, about a 100-hour game. Yes. <laughs> 
Persona 5 is so fucking good. Yes. This is maybe one of the games other than Breath of the Wild that we're all completely on the same page with on the on the, over these two parts. Uh, I think there's a couple more coming up. Sure. But, but yeah, one of the biggest ones for sure. Yes. It's amazing. It's just so fun. <laughs> it, it is. For not really doing that much and the gameplay right. being like either a pretty straightforward combat system that is like, you know, engaging. Mm. And, you know, uh, uh, moving around these kind of basic dungeons or just thumbing through menus. Mm -hmm. Somehow it's so fucking fun. It just feels good. Yeah, 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 like the the combat is like basically, yeah, the the standard JRPG menu system, Pokemon, whatever. We've seen Mm. it a million times. Yeah. But just the, the... the design, the visual design of your character carrying out those actions feels and looks great. Mm. It's, I think it might be the only game whose soundtrack I regularly put on to listen to. Like that right, song, yes. that battle song, I listen to quite regularly when I'm just sitting at home doing work. It's mm. great. And I can't really... Even games that I love the soundtrack of, I love them in the context of the game and then sometimes I get tricked and go to put it on and go, oh, I actually don't enjoy this in isolation. Right. I like it in the game. I don't... Like, the songs in that game are just great in the, and of themselves. The one that plays when you're about to like beat one of the palaces. The oh yeah, yeah, fucking cool ass bass in that game. Yes, the end of battle music. All the voice acting in it, even just the little noises that it'll make as you're pressing the cursor to go to the next bit of text. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds really chunky and 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 nice mm. and it makes you want to keep going and then the story is really engaging that's mm. it it's like you almost want to say like oh it's it's style it is style that that, yeah. that gets you through persona 5 it's it's it is the design of everything that is usually quite boring or if not boring ha- has been seen 70 times before in games or just utilitarian just sure, like it's a yeah. menu what, what are we going to do with this but this fucking persona does shit with it and then and, it, yeah. and then it's not just style it's the substance is there as well and yeah. that's why it's i think such a something that we all feel as passionately in favor of yeah, yeah. Completely. i just feel like the menus and everything it then it's one of those things that when you notice the absence of that quality of design in games, mm. it really sticks out. Like firing up a game and just even like the very first things you do, like a, the you know the save file select or yeah. whatever, just feeling like, ugh, you know, yeah. oh, when this something fucking feels- pops up that like PS4 save menu, you're like, oh, grow up, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on, put a little fucking starburst in there. Yes. Right, Have right. a weird wipe happen across the screen. It's crazy. It goes such a long way. But yeah. I really don't think... I really think that this game, even though it does have incredible substance to it, it would be... It really would be... The experience would be definitely hampered by it having a different interface. All the weird little designs of all the enemies, all the yeah. interesting uh, mini stories that happen over the arcs with like the palaces that you individually fight. Yep. And then the overall arc of the entire story, yeah. each and every one of the characters, uh, the combat system I said is straightforward, but like, it's also really fun. It's yes. just like that. Hey, this type beats that type type of thing. Also, you mentioned Pokemon before Tommy, the, the personas, yeah. like the getting the personas, leveling them up, choosing them, changing them based on the enemies that you're fighting. Yep. That sort of pretty old fashioned, but very well done and well balanced element versus element, you know, uh, rock, paper, scissors, but it's like a whole bunch of different versions of it. It's really, really fun to explore and to, to perfect, yeah. I yeah. still think I'm. I think I'm still pretty early on in it, but I feel like I've played about eight games. Yeah, like you, right. Even like 
you play for ages and then you get to the bit where you can go into the is it in the subway system where you're driving around in the cat as a bus oh the mementos yes yeah, yeah. that happens fresh goes better <laughs> that happens pretty late in right right that's that's like nearly 10 hours in or something it's that a that slow happens. ass burn game yes i think i'm going to have to just start from the start when royal comes out D- definitely, i keep yeah. thinking mm. about firing up my copy but I've just left it so long and I feel like I would have to do a lot of fucking around to kind of get back to grips with it. Yeah. I, the Royal, it just is like, seems as though it will be an upgraded, better version wipe yeah. by the other one type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but like the which anime... Which is daunting cut- to come into. Yeah, totally. D- done the 100 hours already. But it's it, the anime stuff, because it's like, it's it has its own spin-off anime series and stuff. Right. But like the cutscenes are really fun and cool. The, the characters are all very unique and very interesting and strange. Yeah. The weird... Uh, sort of parallel of what's happening in the real world and then what's happening underneath and sort of using that as a psychological deconstruction of like how adulthood makes people become bad in yeah. a lot of ways yeah. is just I, I've never seen anything like it before even the day to day stuff of like fucking g- g- you know going to buy a plant or whatever <laughs> from a shop yeah. and thinking it might be a nice present for your friend yep. or going to bed or doing a quiz at school making curry it's all fucking yeah. fun. Yeah. It's it took a, quite a yeah. while to come out in the... It took quite a while to be localised to the West because I remember being in Japan and seeing it mm. like demo, like a you know big screen advertising it in some electronic shops mm. and not knowing anything really about the series, just being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like really being into like the striking like red, black and white... Mm. Um, yeah, Seven Nation Army. <laughs> great, great, great album when they finally put that into English and brought yeah. it out in Australia. I was first in line. Yeah, it's such a good game. Yeah. Play the Royal when it comes out. Don't If you haven't played it yet, probably don't play the original one. Wait yeah. for the Royal. Wait yeah. for play the Royal, that one. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of royalty, video game royalty. <laughs> okay. Uh, I believe is a title maybe... Uh, appropriate to be bestowed <laughs> oh God. upon what? the next. <laughs> this cunt's the jester. <laughs> still in the court. He's still in the court. Uh, the next prize, I think, possibly because I wanted it. <laughs> oh no! It, we had to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. had to do it to him. What yeah. a decade this man has had, mm. and we're putting all of his games together. It's the the next game of the decade is. <laughs> following the career of Hideo Kojima. The, the great cl- man. The clown prince of video games. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever doesn't kill my games only makes them stranger. <laughs> uh, he's such a... W- what a weird... Fo- so, Peace Walker came out in 2010. When you introduce me, show a little breast. <laughs> <laughs> and if I move the controller, make those breasts jiggle. How long would that have taken a program? Yeah, fucking oh, ages. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Okay, maybe a problematic fave, Hideo Kojima. <laughs> yep. But the the decade in Kojima went 
Peace Walker coming out on the PSP in 2010. Right. The technical Metal Gear Solid 5 furthered the story and was like pretty good in a weird different direction for Metal Gear. Mm. Uh, and then Metal Gear went in even, in an even weirder and more different direction by going Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain yeah. as like a combined Metal Gear Solid 5, which had a weird release thing where Ground Zeroes was like this kind of five-hour demo thing. Yeah. For Prologue? What- yeah. Sort of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, uh, a part zero. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. And then Phantom Pain came out, hugely hyped game. Mm-hmm. Lots of, uh, you know, years worth of build up for this thing. And then as it was coming out, this fallout between uh, Kojima and Konami happened. Mm. And it became evident that he wasn't happy there. I can't remember if by the time it released, he was already gone. I think that's how it happened. I think it was, yeah. Right. Yeah. And PT, it, when did PT come out? PT, so yes, of course, that was in between as well. PT was like yeah. 2014. Yeah, right. And that was a playable teaser yep. that came out during E3 and people didn't realise as it was coming out that it was a tr- trailer, a demo mm. for a for new Silent, Silent Hill, Hill game, yeah. Silent Hills with yeah. Norman Reedus. That was the big stinger at the end of PT, which mm. was a genuinely really scary game. Yeah, I wish that I played it. You can't get it anymore. It's gone. Yeah. Which is also fucking fascinating and weird. Yes, uh, people, there's all these stories of people s- trying to save the the game data and porting it from one PS4 to another and yep. keeping it on external hard drives so they can't lose it. I guess YouTube is the simplest way to experience that game now. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and the big stinger at the end of that was like, by the way, that first person game you're playing, you were Norman Reedus the whole time. <laughs> yes. And people were like, no, I want to play as Norman Reedus. And then a monkey's paw curled over <laughs> and Death Stranding became a glint in his eye. But yeah... Uh, Phantom Pain came out Fucked Not good story Which was the <laughs> thing That a lot of Metal Gear people Myself included Were there for Right a Kind of a disappointment In that way But a really great game And another sort of I think Part of the evolution Of that whole open world Reactive world Yeah, genre yeah. During that decade But kind of unfinished right Yeah In some ways Yep The story ended on a Like just weird Kind of peter out mm-hmm. It kind of fizzled um, in the same way that Konami, uh, K- Kojima's, you know, partnership with Konami yeah, yeah. did. Because yeah. they moved off into putting all their resources into their pachinko shit and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, like, developed this engine. Phantom Pain came out in 2015 and had PS3, a PS3 version and a 360 version. Yeah, right. Because they had deliberately made this engine that could be on those old consoles thinking they would go for longer and it wasn't necessary and all this shit. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, there was talk in Japan especially of new consoles not being wanted because of mobile gaming. So, yeah, then Phantom Pain was this weird thing. The internet got real weird about it, thinking that there was going to be... There were two chapters in Phantom Pain and then they thought there was going to be a third one drop at some point. Right. Never happened. Ridiculous thing. But I kind of bought into that a little bit for a little period of time. Never happened. And then... Yeah, he moved off, started Kojima Productions, got in bed with Sony to make Death Stranding, which was one of my favourite games of last year and is such an interesting thing. Mm. And as are all of his games in some way, a real, you know, pusher forward of the form, Mm. you know, an innovator. Mm -hmm. And I think just the last 10 years for Kojima have been fucking weird (laughs) and not like anything else in video games. Yeah. And them taking his baby and making that weird... Uh, horde game um, Metal, yeah. Gear Metal Gear Survive Yeah, yeah. Oh, Brutal it, Which wasn't great Yeah um, it, it just a, a strange decade But Phantom Pain One of the best games Of the decade probably In terms of just How it actually felt to play Yeah I thought it was great 
running around in that game, the things you could do with that open world were very fun. Yeah. Even if it was a disappointment from the perspective of it being a Metal Gear game. What right. do you think he does next? Or what would you like to see him do next, Adam, as a big fan? I am a big fan. And say what you want about him. Say what you want about me because of that. I'm a big fan of Kojima. <laughs> okay. And I will be forever. And no matter what he... <laughs> you're opening the forum for anyone to say what they want about you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and him. <laughs> okay, that's very brave. <laughs> uh, I Just more... Honestly, though, most people love him. Yeah. Most people yeah. love his games. They're yeah. hugely popular. A lot of our listeners, most of our listeners, big fans. Yeah. Well, because he... And I think underrated for what he does or his team. Yeah. I didn't say he. Yeah, yeah. But um, what they do, again, with sort of menu shit, like yeah. Metal Gear and Death Stranding just have nice little noises when you open their dumb little menu things. Yes. All that sort of thing. There's a lot of care put into almost every aspect, which is what made parts of that story of Metal Gear Solid Five stand out as being under what previous games had included. Right. Because there wasn't quite that same level of care apparently put into it. Um, next, I just want him to see him try another new weird idea. Yes, new weird IP. Keep yeah. going, and him having the freedom now to not be constrained with Metal Gear, to not be you know locked into making more of them. Mm. Yeah, because he didn't want to make more of them since the second one. Right, really, the right. second one was about him not really wanting to make a sequel. Right, and then there were several others after that. So uh, don't do a Death Stranding two, Kojima. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> don't do a Death Stranding two. Do something weird and new, some well, other sci-fi he bullshit, to, right? Like, surely not, right? Yeah. But I think he also said in some interview, there's more stuff he would do with it. I don't know. Make right. some fucking movie because you clearly want to do that. Mm. Make it as get it out of your system, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He's, he's like, a, I just go and have fun, yeah. do whatever. Yeah. All right, you're weird. He's like the black sheep of the family. Yep. Where you're just like, okay, he's gonna do his thing <laughs> and let him do it. It's yeah. easier if you just let him do it. Uh, but yeah, a fucking crazy decade, and I do think that Phantom Pain for its faults is still an incredible game and death stranding is also a pretty incredible game and just as a decade i think it's worth giving the man a shout out yeah yep. so here it is kojima <laughs> <laughs> uh what's next no oh. oh okay uh well, I mean... I was trying to work out how to segue into look, it. Look, uh, we've got a lot of things we want to talk about. Sure. <laughs> Speaking of talking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to decide on what we talk about next, we should <laughs> get sort of get parachuted, you know, airdropped onto a big island, all the three of us. Because only, only one of us can decide what to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe three of us, or maybe we get another 97 people. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because there's a lot of perspectives out there. There's right. a lot of things to talk about. Yeah. Drop us all on some big island, give us a weapon, and we just duke it out until there's one left. Would that be fun? Turns <laughs> <laughs> out, yes. Okay, the winner also gets a chicken dinner. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, now I'm in. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, player unknowns battlegrounds. So, well, you should have found out the name of the player before you mentioned the name, but okay. Yeah, they, <laughs> I, like one of the most significant games of the decade. Yes, surely. Yeah. yeah, not the inventor of this genre. Right, that was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but um, there were mods made for I think armor. Was the movie Rat Race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One hundred Mr. Beans get dropped onto an island. And somehow Seth Green wins. <laughs> was he the winner in that movie? I don't remember who the winner was. Uh, sure. He, I think he was in it. Uh, John Cleese. John, John Cleese. He gave the, 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 yep. the, the task. Mm. Yep. Pretty sure. Anyway. 
Yeah, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, PUBG. The the not the inventor, but the popularizer of the battle royale. One hundred people versus each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. which had a big spike in uh, attempts to copy mm. after that. Mm. One of them incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I yeah, I still don't know why that is the one that became. So successful Because PUBG was yeah. huge It was massive yeah. I, I loved it as yeah, well When it came yeah. out I was really really into it Because it was this Brand new Type of shooter mm. In my opinion Because like You know You wouldn't think That having it go From 16 or 32 Or whatever Players up to 100 Would make a difference But it was the thing Of having this Landmass that you got to know mm-hmm. And Not having any idea it, it, There was something about Not being able to tell from like a little fucking thing on a map and not having a team mm-hmm. where anybody was that turned it from being like just some dumb fast multiplayer shooter game yeah. into kind of a horror game. Right. It was yep. so tense mm. and so um, uh, real feeling. Right, right. And even though it was, you know, obviously still a game, obviously. <laughs> I never questioned that. And anyone who tells you that I did is wrong. No, man, you're actually controlling like people in war zones in the Middle East. It's actually this fucking crazy conspiracy. Dude, that's actually a sick idea for a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> for a bad short film. <laughs> that was Gamer, wasn't it? Michael C. Hall. Yeah, and it wasn't it was a Black Mirror episode as well, oh, I think. Fuck. Yeah. But uh it it re reinvigorated the idea of a multiplayer shooter that had been mm. so long for that decade, dominated by yeah. Call of Duty and so on. Battlefield, you're, uh, you're like you're spot on. It was totally it was like a small map. You know exactly where everyone's going to be, and it was just about the reflex and the just doing it enough times, yeah. respawning and respawning and respawning. And even the battlefield games with big maps and yeah. stuff like that was just a larger version of the same thing. Yes, it didn't have what. PUBG did, which was this 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 tension and this creativity that you could have with what you were doing, because not only were you trying to outshoot people, it became this meta game of trying to outthink them, mm. where it's like they would come into this house and think I was here, so I go here, and that sort of thing. Yes, did it really really well. Also, um, the stakes are high because it's like well, you can only die once. Yes, yeah. and then there's one winner out of the hundred. Yeah, and if you're that fucking winner, it feels amazing. Right, right. That that experience of being the winner of those games is one of the best that I've had playing games. Mm. It's so much fun. Um, and then Fortnite, fuck that <laughs> and took all of that aspect out of it and made it into this sort of more fun fast paced and then added the building element mm. like minecraft but i guess those things are more popular yeah and it became the big breakout example of this and now is the default battle royale yeah thing and then call of duty put one in and fucking battlefields putting one in i think and yeah. there's you know there's more that Tried to sort of Apex, do it. Apex Legend. Apex Legends is huge. Yeah. yeah, it's almost becoming bigger than four. Like it's just, I just don't understand why <laughs> the second wave. Yeah, was the one that went truly insanely like billions of players big. Yeah, I guess because they brought back in that Call of Duty-ness right to it. Right. Um, Fortnite obviously is aimed at kids as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, PUBG looks like a, a grown-ups game. Sure. It's a little less cute and fun and Fortnite's done some cool stuff that thing of shutting everything down to go into season two or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. To chapter two or whatever they called it it's not that it's terrible we just don't really know it yeah 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 not for us yeah but it, a big fucking moment in the decade PUBG and also a, a great game yeah mm. and a, a big part of um 
something that I guess is the next topic. Yes. Thing. We're yeah. going to kind of talk about two that we were going to have separate, but realize they're they're together. Yes. And I think these also fit in with like Dota, which is a big missing thing from and like League of Legends and esports. Yes. But online integration of of online things into traditionally single player games and online elements into every aspect of games <laughs> yes. yep. patches fucking every part of it yeah and watching games twitch yeah, yeah. stuff like that yeah that kind of all happened this decade yes and that's what games are now that's yeah that, yeah that's i mean like we're doing a podcast about video games yeah, <laughs> it's, it's we're part of it as well. But we're even an antiquated part of it. Totally, you know, like yeah. kids don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> if you're a kid and you listen to this podcast, grow up. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna say that about everything. And if you are our, our target demographic and our you know the bulk of our listeners, I hope work is going well for you today. Yeah. I hope the train rides all right on the way home. <laughs> and if you're a kid, good on you. I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so are you. Everything you do is kidding. That's the verb of what you are. Wow. Kidding is hard. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny, like a child doing a comedy show being like, kidding is uh, what, you, what you said. Adulting. No, it would be funny. <laughs> yeah, like... and But something that we're all, the three of us, yeah, it's, it's like a huge part of gaming now and we're, we're all, none of us particularly into it. I barely ever play stuff online. Mm. Right. I never watch Twitch streams. Um, yeah, it, it just occupies this weird space where it's, where it's so big, but I kind of personally have no interest in engaging with it. Yeah. I certainly would. Yeah. I mean, games coming out that are 100% online and have to be online all the time. Mm. Um, even single player games like Hitman. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, games that you can pretty much do single player like Destiny and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, that would have been single player back in the day mm-hmm. now have all this stuff crammed in. Yeah. Mm. I don't get it. I don't get the appeal of uh, watching a Twitch stream. I don't get the appeal of watching a game instead of playing it. You're an old man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's... Yeah. I understand enjoying seeing people's reactions. Go and watch our Until Dawn playthrough. <laughs> but, like, it's entertainment. Backseat sort of gaming is... is uh, it's a different way of doing it, mm. but it is entertaining. I get it. I've watched parts of other playthroughs of parts of games that I know were a big impact to me. Right. Because I, it is interesting to see other people's reactions to it. Right. right. Um, esports, I'm with you. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's And that's the biggest one of all. That yeah. is just ridiculously lucrative. Yeah. It's insane. There's millions of dollars in in in, in esports, uh, but it's I think it's because it's types of games that we don't really engage with anyway. Yeah, good point. So sure, that's sort yeah. of League of Legends or like StarCraft originally. I was going to say competitive real-time strategy games. I don't I loved RTS games. Probably the previous decade. Yeah. That was one of my favorite forms of games. I yeah. loved them. I loved StarCraft and WarCraft and I never played the Age games, but sort of all the ones sort of surrounding those. Yeah. They were my favorite games. And weirdly, growing up, my friends and I would play real-time strategy games at each other's houses and we would watch each other play them. Right. And I loved it. And some of the time it was like I was loving it because I didn't have that game at home. Mm. Some of the time it was because I was interested in how they were playing and I was excited to take my turn next and, right. and do it as well. I don't know why that hasn't translated to the internet for me because I also spend all of my time on the internet. Right. You like sport. You like regular sport. sport. Yeah. Yeah. But there's 
I like fighting games. I don't yeah. watch yeah. fighting games. Yeah. I like Smash Brothers, but not in the way that they play it competitively. Mm. I, I don't know. Counter-Strike is fun. Yeah. I'm never going to watch someone play it. <laughs> yeah. I think it might just be partly a generational thing, but there are people who are our age and older who are into it. Absolutely. There There's are. just some bone in our bodies that ain't there. Mm. I think for me, it's like I think of playing a game, even though I spend a couple of hours a week talking about it with you guys, mm. I don't really find it a social thing. It's something that I do. I've got yeah. nothing on at night. Right. I'm enjoying this game. I'm at home by myself. Feels good to just relax, turn mm. the TV on, play a couple of hours of this game. And I certainly do then enjoy talking about it with a friend, but it's not something where I ever go... Uh, yeah, even the whole thing of like getting a crew together and having a big like Smash Brothers sesh. Right. It's like fun every now and then, but I, I much I would much rather just like cruise through something by myself. So I don't really think of it as like a social thing. Mm. But then I guess some people do. They like having, you know, they have the little community of people getting together and playing Fortnite and chatting over a headset or whatever. It's just not something that it's just not something that I've ever associated with gaming. I've always mm. viewed it as a very solitary affair. It's completely yeah. switch off isolation mode for me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm there as well. well if, if and when I start Twitch streaming or creating videos or doing stuff like that, it won't be for the same reason that I play games. It'll be because I... W- It'll be for the same reasons that we do this, probably. Because mm. I enjoy talking about games. I enjoy interacting with a bunch of people who are listening to us talk about games. Yeah. And, and the experience of playing a game while streaming it and chatting with people on Twitch will be completely different for me than the experience of just playing the game. I think right. for us doing like the the playthroughs of games that we've done as well, mm. of A Way Out and Until Dawn, available on YouTube now, your <laughs> nearest YouTube shop. Yes. Uh, I think we came at that from the comedy perspective too, where we like yes, doing comedy yeah. and we're trying to be funny and not everyone thought we were. And hey, you know what? You're right. <laughs> but that that is the no, part that I like on, creating yeah. that stuff yes. for. Yeah, 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 I agree. And I like watching that sort of content with video game stuff too. Right. Um, the, but it... it <sighs> so like a donkey. Yeah, exactly. I love donkey. I lo- I've watched all of his videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Completely different genre of, of of media to a regulation Let's Play or a Twitch stream or whatever. That channel Girlfriend Reviews that I would have talked about like a month ago now. Yeah. Similar thing where it's like comedic videos. Mm. And then she's also coming to the perspective of it often of watching someone else play these games. Right, right. And I, I, I do get it. I just am not as into it. Mm. I think, but there's some stuff with Twitch, especially that like that Twitch plays Pokemon thing I thought was really cool. Yeah. What an interesting thing to do to have this big fucking, um, like collaborative. Right. Yeah. That then creates its own weird fake law around all this stuff and has this bizarre life of its own Mm. beyond what that game is. Stuff like that is new and it's weird and it's different. And I think part of our aversion to it is that we're just not of that generation possibly. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about it a bit deeply. I guess like the whole, the socialising element and what I was saying about finding it a very, like something that I like doing in isolation is Mm. that the rest of my life is very social. My workplace is very social. I spend a lot of time talking to other people, be it at a gig, which is a very social way of making a living. Doing this is a very social way of making a living. So I want that contrast. Not everyone has that experience. Some people work in a cubicle, maybe they don't, or whatever their job is, they don't, Mm. you know, they don't socialize that often. They don't talk to other people much in their day to day. So that's where they're getting that outlet. They're chucking the headset on, they're getting in the lobby, 
they're blasting out a few N-bombs and they're getting down to business. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring that up as well, Tommy. That's You're 100% spot on. A person's social circle now can be purely based around a video game that they play on the internet. Yeah. And that's cool for them. Like Maybe that is the way that they get into a community and socialising with people. Yeah. If I, you're right. If I didn't have the comedy stuff, then maybe I would have. Yeah, yeah. I get yes. to the end of the day yeah. and I'm just like wiped because exactly. I've been I'm talking to people, people all yeah. day. Yeah, like yeah. I want to just like absolutely veg and not mm. really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk to Luigi while he's running around on the screen. Yeah. How you going there, little fella? Yeah. What's up? Oh, green today, huh? Interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> Mix things up, eh, Luigi? <laughs> um, the other side of all the, like, aside from esports and watching people play games with the online integration is that, A, with stuff like Destiny and whatever now, you're kind of with people and online all the time yes. socially, but also your game is online and the mechanics of how games work now I can, uh, they're all online. Yeah. Even if it's not an always online game, they all have patches now. Mm-hmm. They all have... The day one 10 gig patch yeah. for an Australian is so annoying. And it's virtually every game. Yes. Well, you turn the console on, maybe haven't played it for a couple of days, a little notification comes up. Yeah. Oh, hey, this downloaded. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah. Hasn't even been on. Or even worse, hey, we need to download this, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not even please, it's fuck you. <laughs> And it's crazy game how menus much... menus could stand to be a bit more polite now uh, that you mention it. But oh, I, I also... I, I have an example of this, a kind of annoying one. I hadn't played my Xbox in a few days. Yeah. Uh, I had also had to, like, fix my internet. Some weird thing happened. Had to reset it, reset the password. Yeah. So the Xbox, no longer connected to the internet. Right. I turn it on to watch a movie because I know that it plays a certain fo- file format. Right. Yeah. So I turn it on. It's going like, oh, the internet's not connected. I'm like, whatever. I just got to watch a movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember, oh, I just, I'll change the password, I'll fix it up, I'll reconnect it, reconnect it, go to watch the movie, and then it starts downloading a system update that I can't stop, right. and it takes like fucking 45 minutes. Yeah. It just ruins my evening. And everyone's kind of accustomed to it now, but especially you bring up the Xbox, when the Xbox mm. One was first coming out, yep. or was being talked about. With the Kinect, which I, was, is a huge part of why this was a problem. Sure. A lot of people were really off the ideas that Microsoft were putting forward yep. that are now pretty much the standard. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were ahead of the curve and they were maybe saying it a little too blankly and trying to paint it as though it was a good thing. Yeah. But every company wanted to be at the place where digital games were first, mm-hmm. that reselling of, of um, physical games didn't really happen, mm. and Microsoft were just admitting it. Yeah. But now everyone's kind of got there and like this online integration stuff is another way of, like we talked about in the last part mm-hmm. with the season passes and shit, prolonging the life of a game because you know you've always got to be online with it it's you'll buy it digitally now way more often the sales digitally Mm. the reason they do those deep sales isn't so that you know you fucking get the game for cheap they're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts they're doing it so you can't sell it yeah them making you know half price off of every game but to 10 people is better than them making full price to 10 people, but then they sell it to 40 more people. Yeah. 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 Does that make and sense? No matter I might have done the math wrong. for them as well. Yeah. 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 I think also a weird cultural thing around that, the Xbox stuff. Yeah. People were paranoid about the Kinect being on all the time and connected to the internet all the time because it was surveillance. People were like, right. oh shit, people are going to be able to listen to me all the time. People are going to be able to watch me all the time. Whether it's accidental or whether it's some weird Microsoft thing, that was a huge paranoia around it now everyone it's yeah and now like personal data and surveillance it's just like okay yeah we're in uh, 1994 now and we accept that 
everything is constantly monitoring us all yeah. the time. Your phones do it. Forget the Xbox. Yeah, I'm still taping up the webcam from time to time. But oh yeah. <laughs> You gotta, yeah. you gotta do that. I've never taped up a webcam. Right? Really? Yeah, let it all hang out, man. <laughs> I, if I want to cover the webcam, you can't blackmail sh- someone with no shame. Exactly. <laughs> if I want to cover up the webcam because I'm doing something, I'll put my balls gently over the webcam <laughs> so that nobody can see what I'm up to. But yeah, the world is online now. It's always online. Yes. And it's at a precarious fucking seesaw mm. where if that goes away, so much shit disappears. Mm-hmm. Yep. So much shit breaks. Uh, the, the like online always online games rely on a server that mm. at some point will be shut down. Yes, there won't be yeah. a way to play fucking the division or whatever at some point. A whole bunch of things have gone away because of that already, mm. and it'll only get worse. And I don't like that aspect of it yeah. at all. Yeah, mm. yeah. Twitch comments are weird too, so mm-hmm. that's the other part of it. <laughs> the world's always online now. Remember a time <laughs> when you could play through a single player game. All on your own, mm-hmm. but then the third one in the series made you be online for part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Mass what, Effect the, two and three. The part, the part where you're sending death threats to the developers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it forced you to be online. Yeah, yeah. I'm. We're bravely, yes. I believe, chucking Mass Effect two and three, and you know, kind of ones in there as well. Yeah, when was one? Two thousand seven, but whatever. <laughs> sure. Mass Effect two and three. Mass Effect two in particular, but also three. But also three. Mm are some of the best games of the decade. Absolutely. They're some of the best games of all time. Agreed. Two, four, it might have been the first, just because of my gaming habits and what I owned and didn't own, it might have been the first third-person cover shooter I ever played. Right. I didn't play Gears. Sure. I don't know what else would have been around at the time. Kind of like Resident Evil 4, not really cover. But I never played Resident Evil 4. But there were, there were a lot of other sort of other action games around that time. Was Un- Uncharted 2... Cover had yeah, a cover system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have played Mass Effect Two before that. Right. So yes, Mass Effect Two, the first game of that type that I ever played. Yeah. Bioware, a company that I loved. Yep. Uh, and it has the Bioware magic of a great story and a great cast of characters. Yeah. And a great sort of morality system choices you get to guide the story to an extent. The people who were evidently behind a lot of that magic did leave partway through production of 3. Right. Which is some of the reason why 3 left it on a bit of a sour note. In retrospect, and I haven't played it for a long time, Mm. but I didn't mind it at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet 3 holds up better now than the furor around it when it came out. I mean, I loved it at the time. I had literally no problems with the ending. Sure. Uh, I thought it was fine. I just did... I was... I I have uh, sometimes, depending on my mood, I take the sort of perspective of like, 
that's what they chose to do. The people who made this game made this series of games yeah. that are great decided to present you with that choice at the end. An odd thing about that, though, mm. is that they then chose to change that ending mm. and then chose to add DLC that furthered it from the ending. Yeah. So how it's and it's a weird thing because this was all new at the time of like, fuck, the ending is updated. Yeah. That's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, three is a really weird one. Mm. Two to let two on its own. Yeah, is such a fucking good game. Yeah, it's perfect. It's like the it, mechanically the gameplay is incredibly fun. Yeah, responsive. Just uh, nothing fucked about it at all. It's just really fluid and, and great cover shooter system. Yeah, uh, the story is great, very engaging and enthralling. Super like B movie sci fi action movie. Yeah, thing. that thing of going through with each of your squad mates doing their little side quests, the loyalty quests, the yeah, loyalty yes. quests, yeah. And then having that factor into how the ending played out and this yeah. cool, dumb suicide mission ending. Yep. Shepard gives some big asshole speech at the <laughs> yeah. start. Like, oh, you got to go forward an inch by a mile. <laughs> yep. And then you do this silly, it, but like silly in a fun way. Yes. Over the top. Like a James shit. Bond movie fucking, yeah, jumping over huge gaps and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. With a really well-crafted world. Mm. With all these aliens that felt like they had actual history. Yeah, yes. That galaxy felt like it had proper history to it. Yeah. Which was, I think, part of what it seemed like Andromeda did poorly. Yeah. Was throw that stuff away. Yes. And not replace it with much. But it, w- it was just... A, a, and then that thing of those games interacting with each other and your choices being the thing that kind of mm. created the experience. It worked well. Yeah. It was fun. I, so I didn't play one. Right. Uh, like at the time. I bought two for the PS3. And then it yeah. let you make the one choices in like a 20-minute animated thing at the yes. start, right? Yeah, it yeah, did, cool. which was cool. Yeah. But yeah, certainly playing it. One is the weakest of the three, so. Yeah, and it's a different kind of game. It's not, the, Little the shooter stuff is not as tight. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's a cover system. If there is, it's much weirder and worse. It ju- it was just an older, ver- like it yeah. was, yeah, it wasn't quite as smooth. Two made the action a lot better. But uh, sure. yeah, I think probably the main thing about it that was really innovative was carrying over the choices and the save files from the first game to the second game and to the third game. Yeah. I don't know that that had happened before. No, I don't think so. I remember it being a big deal. Yeah. And then that third game had all the gameplay of two. Mm. It still had that great feel. Yep. It had that weird shit with the kid. That was the one thing I didn't really like oh, about it. Your sure. dumb dreams. Yeah, yeah. With this stupid metaphor of a kid who you'd never seen before and he's like, oh, yeah. that kid died. But... And you're like, oh, why does he give a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares if it fucking... <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and then, yeah, there the was a lot of... The scale of 3 was huge as well. Like, yeah. what were we talking about recently? Oh, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Right. Some of the best aspects of that were it provi- presenting this giant scope, this huge scale, and you as this one little person... Yeah, overcoming that, you know, or at least interacting it and being with like and being really interesting and cool. It made it feel like a galaxy was mm. at war. Yes, which was and it delivered on that promise of this kind of understory of the or overarching story or whatever of the first two. Yeah, and it had that kind of apocalypse happen, mm. which was interesting to see. Yeah, the ending was controversial, I think, because people didn't want it to end. That is what I thought at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a very final ending. Mm-hmm. And it does boil down to a choice that you get to make at the end. So that promise of your influence, like I think 
if they'd have had one of the three endings happen based on your choices, it would have been a different response. Right. But the fact that you, it kind of comes out of nowhere, this character who's like, oh, I've kind of been here all along, who cares? Mm. Make a choice. That was a little of a disappointing implementation of their idea. Right. It's almost like the RPG finished before that scene. Yes. Which is how I viewed it. That is how I sort of took it in and rationalized it. Like, right. yeah, this has been an RPG where I get to make choices and influence the story and develop relationships with people. And then the story has to end. Yeah. The fact that you get three choices is better than none. Right. It, just those choices being presented almost after the fact. Yeah, I yeah. think was a bit of a problem. That's what other people said. And yes. one of the primary writers, I forget his name, but he left during the production of that too. And the writing... I, I would have to play it again to mm. remember. Uh, but the argument was that it suffered in quality because of that right. towards the back end. Right. Um, also, they had weird online integration stuff where you had you were meant to do the multiplayer to increase oh, your like war right. rank or whatever it was called. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I remember that. And there was a lot of EA hate around that time too. Right. Which also added to it. Maybe that was even the beginning-ish of the EA hate. Mm. EA and Activision got a lot of shit over this decade. EA in fucking particular. Yeah. Sometimes warranted, sometimes yeah. not that particularly warranted. Sure, yeah. And people were fucking mad about this. EA were the most hated company in the world for like three or four years in a row. Crazy. Yeah. Um, the fact that this happening coincided with the rise of Twitter and online outrage and all that shit is no coincidence. Yes, yeah. So, but they were great games. Mm. EA must thank their lucky stars that Bethesda came along and really started, <laughs> really started shooting some three-pointers. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then they came back on the court and fucking did like Battlefront 2 and Mass Effect Andromeda kind of back-to-back. Yeah, right, like, yeah. Still, still kind of... We'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the stuff of outwardly yelling at a company as much as that's what we do on this podcast sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's done for fun. Mm. It's done in good spirit. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But yeah, I don't know. There's, we've talked about that plenty. But yep. Mass Effect 2 and 3, this has made me want to replay them. Yeah, same. It's bizarre that there was never a remaster of those games yeah, put yeah. together. Yeah, I'd like to play them. But yeah. Yeah, well, th- there was for the PS3. You could you could buy them as a pack. I you think you get yeah. them as a pack on PS3. Or maybe and on the PC. One, I think. Oh, they're on the PC. I don't. They've not been remastered or anything. No. I I they're on my Steam account. Sure. <laughs> so I'm going to play them. I'm going to fucking play them again too. I'm going to dig out the 360. Oh. I buried it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 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 speaking of remasters, <laughs> okay. Mass okay. Effect never remastered. Mm. The next game almost immediately remastered. <laughs> yes. The Last of Us. <laughs> What a game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I noticed you didn't pipe up much during Mass Effect because you hadn't played them. No. Did you play The Last of Us? Yeah. Get us going, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, another one we've talked about heaps. So it came out right at the end of the PlayStation 3. Yeah, it was like, like the it was July of 2013 and then the PS4 was like November of 2018. Uh, fucking 13. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. And, it, and then it came out very quickly. There was a, a PS4 version. like remastered version the next year or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I played both of them. Yeah, right. I've never finished it. 
but I played oh, through. Right. The ending is amazing. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It it because it's just so subtle. Like the best parts of the story of that game, mm. it's mm. just got a touch of subtlety to it for a video game. I mean, it's fucking zombies getting shot in the head and shit. But <laughs> yeah, it's about the relationship between the two protagonists. Primarily. When yeah. I was thinking about uh, like my own personal choices for what this list should be, I was like, I guess an Uncharted should be on there, but then, you know, it was like for some representation of Naughty Dog and what they do, and then I quickly realised this, I think everyone would agree, is the pinnacle of what Naughty Dog can do. Yeah. I 100% agree with yes, that. Yes, definitely. It's it got... Such a good relationship between the story and the gameplay. I was really impressed by that. Yeah, yes. There's tension to the gameplay that feeds into what's happening with the story of the game that made the whole thing just this really great experience that you get sucked into. The opening sequence of that game where you're sort of playing as the daughter and then as um, as, Joel uh, Joel for a bit is... Like, talk about fucking kicking a door open. I think that The Last of Us might have the best start and the best end to any video game. Yeah, it could mm. do. Yeah. There may be bits in the middle where it's not as, like, you know, there's the whole thing with that cannibal guy and whatever, and it goes all right. over the place and there's some combat seat or whatever. Not the point. Mm. Uh, the, mm. the, I th- remember the game being a amazing experience from start to finish. I yeah. never played the DLC, which is crazy. Me neither. The Left Behind one. <laughs> yeah. Got to go back to it before the second one comes out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, one of the best stories in a game and the best, like, you know, it's not that complicated of a story. It's mm. a, it's about trust between a father and a daughter figure, pretty yep. much. Yeah. But what a fucking awesome thing to base a zombie game on. Yeah. yeah, I think it says a lot about it that we were talking last week about the, you know, all very, you know, zombies culturally so tapped out on. But mm. then you you kind of don't that doesn't factor in you know with this you, there's no yeah, point where I you're agree. like oh no great I'm playing another zombie thing it's like everything about it is so good and and the yeah yeah the that that just being a framework for this other story is which is so interesting mm. yeah you you don't really it's just executed so well that you'd never have time to go like, oh yeah great here's fucking yeah absolutely did not believe it needed a sequel. And I'm so excited for the sequel. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely uh, anticipating it. Mm. I don't know if I'm excited about it. Like, I'm excited it, about the prospect of what it could be. If they can pull this off again. Yeah. I almost haven't thought about it enough to, to be like, oh, this is going to be great. Mm. I'm just, it's going to be something, I think. I agree with that. <laughs> I think it will be something. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, The Last of Us, I think... Interesting for a zombie piece of zombie media to be genuinely just about the interpersonal story. Because most of the zombie things are like a metaphor for something else. Right. You know, like Night of the Living Dead was like about racism and like uh, Dawn of the Dead's about ca- capitalism and consumerism. The Last of Us is, I think, genuinely just about human relationships. Yeah. Right. S- specifically like a stepfather and stepdaughter, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And it... It, like d- trust, trust between two people. Yeah, like yeah. It it's and that's what Naughty Dog is so good at. Where like Uncharted Four as well, which I didn't like as much as this, but mm. is and I don't think pulls off the story thing as well because it's meant to be this more fun Indiana yeah. Jones thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of about like that growing up. Yes, yes. Like Nathan Drake has to grow up. At some point, and he can't keep doing this forever, and so there's that underlying theme in it mm. that makes a good story. And all the best stories, obviously, have that thing to them, something that you can relate to really easily, because mm. it boils down to something where, yeah, I've never been in a zombie apocalypse, but I've had difficulty trusting people before, right? Mm. And that 
I'm, well, I'm not going to tell you the rest of my thought there because I don't know what you're going to do with it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> uh, oh, well, you've, you've, you've convinced me. <laughs> I trust you now. But yeah, it's about like a, a raw, like you said, human emotion. Mm. And mm. then it pu- puts the gameplay to, to be in service of that feeling of tension and not knowing if you can make it mm. through this and not knowing if you can rely on anyone. Crafting Which, and resource management as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the multiplayer was also fucking great. I know. I don't think I ever. No, I, I don't think I played I a bunch of it on the PS3 version, and it was really fun. Yeah, right. Yeah, The Last of Us. I think weirdly we. Oh, I mean, we did a whole uh, uh, Bandcamp episode about yeah. Naughty Dog. That's yeah. where we would have talked about Covered it. Covered the terrain a lot, at length. yeah. And yeah, I'm sure we'll in talking about the second one when that's out mm. uh, in what a couple couple of months. May. Yeah, right. Oh, right. Okay, so it's the after that first big whack of... Yeah, yeah. it's definitely not in that March fucked <laughs> period. <laughs> right. yes. And then Cyberpunk's April, mm. and then Last of Us is May. Oh, good, good Lord. God. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's, it's great. Well, uh, if you want to talk about a game that is a relationship between yep. a parent and child... Oh. Uh, Pac-Man Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got a war. Got a war. God of fucking war. That, that fucking soundtrack is so good. Just that da 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 and boy, boy. are some yeah. of the best individual sounds mm. of the decade. The sound of an axe smacking into something's head. Weapon yeah. of the decade. Yeah. That yep. fucking recallable boomerang axe. So yeah. good. Oh, it feels amazing. The yep. thing that I think about most when I think about God of War is the is just how seamless it all is. We talked about this when we reviewed it. Fuck, that's mm. right. But there's no load screens yeah. going between... It's a one-take game. It's a one-take game. Yeah. Area to area, everything, like, the way it'll put you on a lift and it's clearly... It is like, OK Go made this video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's clearly doing some rendering or whatever in the background, but it yeah. tricks you really neatly. And just, like, that effect of how immersive that makes it. Mm. And then when you go back to something where, you, you know, you go through a door and then you're looking at a loading screen for 10 minutes, you realise, yeah. like how jarring that is and how much that takes you out of something. Yeah. Like it was so easy to just get pulled into this mm. for hours at a time because you're never getting an opportunity to switch off and be like, oh, okay, I guess this is a good point to take a break and yeah. call it a day yeah. for this session. And it helps that that one shot that the game is showing you is one of the most beautiful looking things yeah. that's <laughs> ever been made by a computer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, is, it looks Fucking amazing. Yeah. I got a PS4 Pro recently. Mm. Did I talk about that on the podcast? It was cheap. You might have mentioned I think it. you did. Yeah, yeah I like traded yeah. in my old one and got a new one for like a hundred bucks. Right. It's fucking cool. But I put God of War on first oh. because it it looks amazing. Mm. It is such a good looking game. The story is so well done. Mm. Yeah. Again, a over the top version of doing a thing about a father and a son or a parent and a child. Yep. Mm. Uh, but like... Again, really, it seems stupid to call this game subtle because you're literally like <laughs> punching dragons and gods and shit. <laughs> yeah. But it it's a really sweet, tender story. I mean, talking about openings of games, mm. the opening of this game is extremely tender. Yeah. 
It, and it, it introduces you to this character who we, I know, Knox, like we knew already. Yeah, and, and such a cool thing to do with that character, hey. It's such a different perspective on him, but also one that is really justified. A hundred percent. I love that it's a sequel and a reboot at the same time. Yes. Mm. It's so cool because, yeah, in 2010, I reckon it was, that's when God of War 3 came out. Right. And... So in that decade, look at the two completely opposite ends of the spectrum things they mm. did with that character. Mm. Yeah. In in equally successful ways. Yeah, I loved yes. God of War 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to take him and to to flip him around and say, hey, okay, some time's passed. Video games are different now. What can be done with them is different now. Mm. The story I probably want to tell, that Corey Barlog, mm-hmm. I always want to say Balrog. Yes. You're allowed to. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> nah, I don't think that shall fly uh, Fly you for whatever. Fuck. Lord that of the Rings. shall not pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it, it wouldn't fly, you fools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to do both. I tried to have my cake yeah. and fucking sit on it too. I bet that'd feel good. Sitting on a cake? Yeah. Oh, it depends what kind. Imagine if you were naked and it just squished all <laughs> over you. Maybe one of those ice cream cakes we cakes we used to get from like Safeway. You know, was, like old people, old fashioned people would fucking stamp a rubber thing onto the wax on the yep. back of an envelope. Yeah, the seal. Yeah, It'd be yeah. like that, but with your ass on a cake. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> 2020. That's my new thing. <laughs> that insane, like crazy, over the top, like kind of boss fight that happens. Early on? Yeah, it's yeah. Such a weird way to kick off a game. Yeah. Flying around like get because you're getting punched and you're flying yeah. over the top of and your own And it goes cabin. for ages. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it goes for so fucking long. Yeah. Yeah. And then how that game wraps up all of those relationships and sets itself up for a sequel that I'm fucking looking forward to. Yes. Mm. I think the turn in the middle of that game, and this is a pretty big spoiler if you've not played it. The bit where you go back to get your fucking chains yes. is so good. Honestly, mm. it's epic. It is. <laughs> it is the correct usage of that word. Yeah. It is one of the best moments out of a game of the last decade. Yeah. Um, because- we mentioned briefly at the start of this uh, discussion of God of War, the, the graphics, like the visuals. Yeah. It's not just graphically a high fidelity game. Right. It is well designed. It it the environments are beautifully laid yeah. out. Mm. Like the atmosphere, the the visuals combining with that great score. Yeah. It's all the aesthetic of this game is great. Horizon Zero Dawn is a game that I briefly sort of brought up in, you know, choosing what to talk about. Sure. And people will say that that's the best looking game of the decade. Mm. And they maybe have, you know, there's some sort of justifications for that. But it's not as well designed as God of War. No. God of War has an art to its visuals that are also graphically amazing. Mm. Yes, completely. And it's so... Like, the Nordic setting is a great change from the Greek stuff. Yes. Um, And it, again, it's so over the top, but it's in the the little subtleties of it Mm. that it really makes that ridiculous stuff work and become real because you've got these small moments where the camera will hang on Kratos and his kid Mm. just, like, sitting there in awkward silence. (laughs) Yeah. And that is way more impactful than the big fucking bugs flying around and trying to kill you. Mm. Yeah. But that makes those ridiculous things seem so much more real visually and thematically and everything mm. because it focuses on these little tiny bits Yeah. and completely pulls them off with these performances that um, the guy from Stargate yes. and uh, the kid. Do. The kid's from something, right? Isn't he? I don't know, but he's, he's an actual kid. Yeah. I think he's that from something. That was something that for some reason I was surprised to learn. Really? Yeah. 
But the bit where you go get those chains, um, I just <laughs> want to say really quickly, it shows you how much it's moved on since three. Yes. Because, but then bringing back all the Zeus shit and having that factor in. Yeah. Like when the, the kid is like, wait, that was your dad? It, it, oh man, I love that game. I gotta fucking play that game again too. Yeah, yeah. I wanna play it again. The open worldishness of it, kind of a little bit. Yeah, kind of felt like Resident Evil Four in that it had yeah. all these little secrets around that you could get to, but it wasn't like a proper open world. But they had fun little things to do. Fuck, what a good game. Yeah, it was incredible. What are you looking up, Ben? I'm looking up that kid. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! That's why I thought. Yeah, he's the main uh, kid from mid nineties. Ah, He's the lead right. from the, the movie Mid-90s. Love that movie. The Jonah Hill one. Yes. That, that yeah. He directed. Yeah, yes. cool. Um, yeah, damn. God of War. Mm-hmm. Fucking, Fucking awesome. Good game. Shows yeah. how far we came in that decade as well. Mm. Shows what progress video games made in terms of the maturity of the art form. Yeah. That it changed that much from the start to the end of the decade. Yeah. Another good example <laughs> might be in comparing and contrasting two mm. games that deserve to be on this list. Red Dead Redemption 1 and Red Dead Redemption 2. Well, let me have a rule and a saw and a board and I'll cut it. I'll climb up a ladder with a hammer and a nail and I'll nail it. Well, we worked so hard to build a little house together. In the snow or the rain or the ice cold wind, whenever. No matter. What the weather We're together Now I dispute that Interesting <laughs> Let's debate Is All Red right. Dead Redemption 2 the zombies one? <laughs> <laughs> well man What a trippy decade Things really changed Strange uh, times man <laughs> I think that Red Dead Redemption 1 is just as mature as Red Dead Redemption 2. When was the last time you played Red Dead Redemption 1? When did it come out? 2010. <laughs> yeah, about about 2011. Try going back to it. Yeah, right. I, especially after 2. Right. Red Dead 1 is still good mm. and still has a good story, but it is a lot sillier right. in some significant ways. Right. And it's also like it has those moments and it has those, you know, the, the songs that come in and the... But I think it's if you pick those parts out in your memory, mm. the bit of like, so John Marston's riding off and there's a song playing and you're going back to your homestead and then that plays out for a while before the ending and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It was great and it was impactful at the time. And you forget that like after the song plays when you ride into Mexico, straight after that you find some guy who's made Da Vinci's wingsuit and falls off a cliff and dies. He's like, <laughs> right. There's a bunch of silly Grand Theft Auto-y shit in there. Yeah. Right, which right. there is in Red Dead 2 as well. Mm. That, But... The main story of Red Dead 1 and 2, I think, are miles apart. Right, okay. I remember people... I and I, it's Personally, I cannot compare them properly because, yeah, I haven't played Red Dead 1 in a long time. Yeah. I remember people saying Red Dead 1 had a better story than, than, two. than 2. I think Arthur Morgan's story in 2 is one of the best that's ever been in a video game. That's certainly how I feel. Yeah. I do, I do feel that way. I'm sort of playing devil's advocate... A, a little bit just to be right, right, right. To, to make sure we're getting everything in the right context. Well, and I'm just saying that it, two isn't so much better than one because one is bad. Right, right. Two is just an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, I. It's one of my favorite games now. Yeah, I. 
didn't really like the experience of playing it at times, weirdly. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I agree. That's yeah. Yeah. Kind of very hard to get on with. It took me a while to start enjoying it because yep. I found the, the moving around to be very frustrating yep. and very difficult to get a grip on. Yeah. To the I, point where it was just like, this literally is not fun. I agreed at times, for mm. sure. And it, in spite of that, it is worth it once you get into it and once you submit yourself to the like, oh, I'm actually a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what it's trying to do here, right? Yeah. Rather than the Grand Theft Auto cam- cowboy from Red Dead Redemption 1. Mm. Right. Yeah, and once it picked up steam and you're moving camps and everything, yeah. it was a lot easier to kind of go along with that. Mm. The So I told my girlfriend what happens at the end of that game. I kind of recounted the major strokes of the story and yeah. then explained the ending of the game in more detail. Riveting evening for the both of you. <laughs> I look. <laughs> she fell asleep, <laughs> and when she woke up, yes, she looked. No, genuinely, because it was. A, we were talking about horses. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for making fun of you. I don't think any of us saw that coming. We were watching Mr. Red, and I was like, <laughs> hey, "This reminds me of a video game I played." Let me recount the story to you. Look, we spend a lot of time together. It can't all be a plus time. Sure. Sometimes you got to recount a game. Yep. But the explaining the ending yes. made her tear up. Oh, it's, wow! It's, it's it is a, an emotional fucking it, ending. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and also because she was like, "Can I? I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Please let me." <laughs> the bit with your horse where he leans down and just says, "Thank you, boy." Yeah, I had the one horse for the whole game. Yeah, yeah fucking yeah. got me. Yeah, it's it, like the even the the turn halfway of getting the fucking malaria or whatever tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah, yes. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Is such an interesting thing to do with the story of a game. Yeah. yeah. Or that wild This is a story of a game. <laughs> that wild turn where you you go to Guam. Yeah. Yeah. Like I yeah. that this was one that really was me, yeah, doing some really late sessions on it. Mm. And that I, I was like, okay, I'll just play for like another half hour and mm. then that all happens and you're kind of on rails and watching all this stuff you don't have like a clear all right, I'm going to turn it off here. Mm. And I ended up doing that entire section Jesus. just like in one seat because I was just like just, yeah, I, I want to see where this is going. Like, where yeah. the fuck is this going? Yeah. Like, I couldn't pull myself away from it. It maybe is the better looking game of the decade over God of War. I think those yeah. are two of the front runners for me. Ooh. I think it looks amazing. Yeah. I'd have to play them both again. I just remember, I think maybe because God of War has some flashy visuals. Sure. So yeah. it's certainly very unique and arresting visuals that you literally have never seen in anything before. Red yeah. Dead, I think, yeah, I think that's fair to, because it's like almost a real recreation of the Old West. And then the scale mixed with the detail. Yeah. Mm. Walking around that fucking New Orleans, whatever they called the fake version of it, mm-hmm. was incredible yes. for me. Yeah. And the, yeah, just how massive that world is. Yep. And how much stuff there actually is packed into it. There is quite a lot. Oh yeah, of, of shit in there. That the main story was was fantastic. Red Dead One for the time, same things to be said about it. Probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just, I was obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah. It's an incredible game. Still, um, I I went back to it before too. Not heaps, but I played maybe four or five hours. Of yeah, it. and. The controls are a bit stiffer now and it obviously doesn't look as good as it did at the time, stuff mm. like that. The story and the acting and that sort of stuff isn't as impactful now because it is of its time. Right. But uh, I think for then, the same things could be said that we're saying about Red Dead 2 now, which are that it's a fucking amazing achievement. And yeah, it, it's got issues. 
Yeah. It's got faults with its accessibility primarily. Right. But that ultimately isn't a fault to when if you gel with it. Same yeah, as sure, I think sure. about gel, Death Stranding. Yeah, right. I, I definitely remember for the time, and maybe I'm trying to do a little bit of time travel here, mm. the story being really mature for a video game. Yeah. And like, okay, sure, the story is like a very classic Western story. Yeah. But it doesn't go silly. It doesn't go over the top. It doesn't pull any punches. I no. think the fact that it's essentially an unhappy ending yeah was really something that i hadn't seen before in a video game at the time absolutely uh, and i agree with that um the the relationship that you have with dutch in one mm. isn't fleshed out at all yeah yeah two being the prequel to one is such a good move yes and i watched those ending cutscenes with dutch on like youtube or something after mm. playing two and it does add a little context to them which is nice right right um the the but it's it's a lot more bare bones than I remembered. Yeah, right. But having that long stretch of just doing your fucking farming and stuff mm-hmm. at the end of one, which is kind of a move that they copied again for two. It's, yeah, they did. Um, was cool. Yeah, it was really really cool and an interesting way of of telling that story at yeah. the time. And then I like th- we've talked about it a lot, but two was my game of that year. Yeah, I loved the epilogues. I loved how long it was. Yeah. how sprawling it was. Just yeah, the different environments, the visuals. I I dip back in pretty regularly just to have a bit of a ride around and yeah. <laughs> collect a couple of bounties. Something I just realized we forgot to fucking talk about at all because Astrobot was my game of last of the twenty eighteen. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah. VR t- happened in the two thousand tens. Yes, and Astrobot is the best VR game, and it made me get it. That's all we need to say about it. I think get it is an understanding. I think VR is going to peak. In the coming decade. Yeah, yeah, I reckon in 10 years we'll maybe be talking about VR more. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's significant enough mm. splash in this decade. Yeah. A, other than it just existing. Huge technology deal. Maybe Half-Life yeah. Alex will be the thing that maybe. is yeah, like... Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just realised we forgot to talk about VR and Astrobot, I thought, in some ways is better than Red Dead because it's more fun. <laughs> but Red Dead Redemption 2 is a, a monumental achievement. Yeah. yeah. Another game on sort of par with The Last of Us in terms of a genuinely mature and emotional story in video games. And told through the medium as well, like using the medium to tell it. Seeing Arthur get weaker as it goes on Mm. is like, is pretty harrowing to watch. Definitely. And having a few choices in there that you make yourself, really helping you uh, invest in the story. It's something that only a video game can do really. Yeah. I would say best performance in a game of the decade to whoever it is (laughs) that plays Arthur Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just a fucking great character and uh, a really good arc yeah that was the thing that i struggled struggled with with the um, she's got a great arc (laughs) (laughs) talking about great performances (laughs) that was the thing i struggled with 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 the um epilogues was just i loved arthur so much that i was just like uh i don't want to play as this other guy it was nice to be john marston again and it was you know cool to um this whatever the 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 ramp up at the end to when you have that other confrontation with Dutch towards the end Mm -hmm. is really cool. It kicks in that Red Dead 1 music while you're shooting up that mountain. That was fucking dope. But yeah, I agree. And I think that that feeling of being like, ah, Marston, Mm. after having two is kind of how I feel about one now. But I never played one, so I didn't have that attachment to it. I wasn't like, oh, this Mm. is cool. I was just like, no, I want to be the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you're not allowed to because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just play as his corpse for a bit. I want to roll around in the mud. Yep. Well, speaking of things dying, but then continuing on anyway, <laughs> the 2010s are dead. Yes. Long live the 2020s. Yeah. yeah this Dude. podcast will continue. Yeah. So many the... games we probably haven't mentioned, by the way. Oh, of course. No, yeah. I reckon we said them <laughs> all. <laughs> Well, guys, yeah, uh, get on get on Facebook or let us know what uh, what your what your picks of the decade would be. Yeah. Love to hear. Maybe we can do a you know maybe in the next couple of weeks we can check in and or on Twitter send an email or whatever. But yeah, we do have yeah. the, the we Patreon can that, that read you can out join. some significant enough ones that people feel like uh, we we missed out or should have covered. Yep. Um, thanks very much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed this two parter wrap yeah. of the decade. Head to filthycasuals.com.au for all of the links to our Patreon and our Bandcamp episodes. We've got our YouTube Let's Play of Until mm. Dawn happening now. You Even can though s- we fully admitted that we do not understand the appeal. <laughs> 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 hey, that's good. You know, good on us. We don't we don't get it, but people like them, so mm, we'll hey, do them. We're see through. Yeah. <laughs> I like our ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, get uh, yeah, get online. Uh, get on the website. Watch all that stuff. Hop onto the Patreon. You can get a yeah. bonus episode every week of this show thanks very much for listening we'll see you next week for another new episode until then take care mm. and as we say here at the end of every episode of filthy casuals picross 3d actual game of the decade <laughs> that's genuinely my belief <laughs> hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.